I am not above editing this in a way that makes it look like Nikolai and Restroom are like top of your lists. So now you're now we're gonna question the integrity of our episodes. Mm, that's nice to know, Mark. You should, because I'm not above doing this. Back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And this week we are going back to the Immortals After Dark world with Finally! Yeah, with Demon from the Dark by Cressley Cole. This is the book about Malcolm and Caro, which I feel like Seth has been like really excited for us to read for a while or at least like you've been asking about Carol for a while I feel like yeah yeah I don't know I feel like the whole arc of this like situation like the order and all of that like I just love the books with that situation going Mm -hmm. on in the background Mm -hmm. um yeah I love the arc of the story all right so what is this book about Seth okay okay (laughs) So it starts off with a flashback um, from Malcolm and how he became um, a demon, you know, a scarba, as they're called. Is that how you pronounce it in the audiobook? Scar- yeah, scarba. I don't remember that word being pronounced in the audiobook. No? <laughs> okay. Vemon. Let's just say vemon. Yeah, a vemon. So a vampire slash demon. Um, he was turned by uh, this viceroy who was a vampire who took over the demon plane that he was living in. Um and Trothan demons became, which is, like, his species, became, like, slaves and, like, served the vampires until um, his, you know, the prince, you know, did his thing and, like, you know, had some sort of leadership role there. Um, anyway, so they were caught by this guy named Ronith who becomes, like, a villain. Like, you know, he's just a general in the army. Was that his job? I don't even remember. It wasn't important. Anyways... <laughs> They, um, his friend, Callan, whatever the heck his name is, and Malcolm both get turned into Scarba, demons, and then Malcolm kills his best friend, um, after he tried to drink from him, and then we end up in the present, and then that's when we meet Caro, who is forced to go to the Trothan world to find and bring Malcolm back for the Order, um, to study and kill. And so the Order, we find out, is an organization of humans who believe that the creatures from the lore were miscreations. Like, they weren't, like, they're just abominations, basically. Um, and they want to, like, destroy them. Um, some want to study, but, like, we meet Chase, and he really just wants to kill them all. Um, and, yeah, so she ends up there because uh, she was promised her freedom, as well as her niece, who somehow becomes her, like, adopted daughter, um, in a way. Um, they were promised their freedom in order to bring Malcolm back to the Order. Um, she finds him and he doesn't speak English, but he recognizes her as his mate and his bride because he would have, you know, both since he is a vampire and demon. Um, and anyways, it's a very like sweet story in the sense where like he doesn't speak her language, she doesn't speak his and like they have to find a way to like communicate and like become one. (laughs) But she makes him promise not to have sex with her as well as drink her blood after the first two times because she's afraid of him uh, realizing that she's actually going to betray him through her memories. Um, And yeah, it just, that's our story until, you know, he ends up back, he decides to come back to uh, her plane. So our, like our world. And um, she, he finds out that she also betrays him alongside, you know, he was betrayed by his mom. She sold him into slavery. Um, he was betrayed by his master who, like, turned him out because he became too old to, uh, you know, have sex with and drink his blood. Um, he was betrayed by his mother again. And, like, now it turns out he was betrayed by his mate. That's, that's uh, what else should I say about it? I was trying to keep it short. No, I think I mean, you kind of. that's, that's, that's yeah. enough. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, he just needs to find a way to uh 
trust and you know believe in her affection once again yeah and that's where we are there you go short so, and sweet how did you feel about this book as i enjoyed it yeah yeah, I don't think it was, like, my top... There's, like, a question mark at the end of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I don't think it was my top favorite. Um, mm. I liked it, and there were moments that I loved. But it okay. wasn't a bad book for me. So. All right. Em? Um, I enjoyed it. I would say that, like us, this is not a favorite of mine by any stretch of the imagination, just because I think personally and this is really like personal taste um but i would have preferred or i would have expected a darker love story for a character like malcolm and i like that he's sweet and i'm not against it but i for me to be excited about this sort of storyline i would have preferred for him to be a little bit darker and for their love story to be a little bit more ambiguous and like dark because that would have made That's me excited. Interesting. I was la- like I was lacking the excitement here. Also, mm. I like I feel like I never fully connected with their love story. Like I I there was just something missing for me in there. Like I enjoyed the action, like Cressley Cole is really good at that. Um and like I wasn't bored. It's just it, she's good. Like I don't think Cressley Cole can write a bad book, but um I just didn't quite connect with the characters. And their love story. That's interesting. Because for me, I, I think the story worked in the sense where I liked that he was like a innocent, basically a boy craving love. And I loved that aspect just like, you know, because of his situation, because of everything that he's been through in his past, that it made him yearn for that love, yearn for that acceptance from someone. And like, he would do whatever he could to get it. And once he finally got it, he thought that that was it. Like, he just wanted a family. And, like, the softness of him and, like, the softness of their the story, I think, really matched his character as well as, like, I believed in him being a lighter character. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying it didn't make sense. I'm saying that personal preferences, I Mm -hmm. don't love characters like that. I I just happen to love my man a little bit darker, a little bit more troubled. Uh, when it comes to people with a past like Malcolm, like I do love a sweet character, but just because of like his past and stuff, I would have like I I got excited for that, hoping he would be okay. a little bit more beastly, <laughs> and he wasn't really. So that's that's just that you know, like I'm not saying it didn't fit this character. I was just mm-hmm. do you do you think maybe it was kind of like the tone of the story that kind of because he had a dark past. And it was it was really sad, but I, um, for me there was parts where it was kind of, it felt kind of light, like he had a dark past, but then there were moments where they were like kind of funny and. I don't know, maybe you know what I'm like. I just thought about something, and I think, I, I think that the difference here is maybe because like my first thought when you said that was I I thought about Rydstrom and Sabine. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought about was how they can still have those light moments, but they are still very complex characters who have, you know, ambiguous act, like make ambiguous decisions and and such. Whereas I wasn't really getting that with these characters. I feel like they were a little bit more one note for me. Like I was just, I was lacking a little bit of depth in these characters okay, that I okay. feel like I got in other characters throughout the series. So maybe that's what like what was missing for me to really uh you know get sucked into this to this story. No, I I, I kind of see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, I feel like their story started but we never really got to see it further develop because it started yes on Troth like whatever. I don't know what it's like the Trothan plane, I don't know his demon world is called and then obviously it has to rebuild itself once they get back to our world so we never really get to see more of them Hmm. in the sense of like past their beginnings yeah and maybe that's also the risk of of having a uh, a relationship start with two people that can't actually understand each other which is a trope I usually love but I can fully admit that because they can't actually understand each other sometimes it does make the romance feel a little bit more one note because it's Mm -hmm. like 
they so much of it is is surrounded by the fact that they can't understand each other and that's such like that's so much the focus that yeah. sometimes they don't actually connect as people as much because they're just we got to figure out how to speak to each other and you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's very yeah. base level type of conversations and like just i don't know do you like <laughs> am I yeah. no i get, get what you're saying yeah okay. no because they spent majority of that book I would say not understanding each other mm-hmm. until you know we got to the order and like and their conversations are like okay here's how to write home uh do you want sex yeah. no no sex sex no no sex like blood no no yeah. blood like it's very like compared to other books where the characters are actually discussing things like it does feel a little bit less yeah And once we finally got to that point where they could communicate fully and actually understand each other and they got their pasts of one another, I feel like the book had already ended. Like the story was, the book was done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I like, I still enjoyed it the second time around, but there were some notes of Carol's character that I wasn't really liking, which was Mm -hmm. shocking because I actually loved her character the first time around. Mm -hmm. And yeah, one being um, how she looked at Malcolm at the beginning and for past half of the book. Like, that was just one thing that was rubbing me the wrong way. And, like, because, like, he couldn't understand her, she just went off and, like, talked about, like, his flaws and, like, the things that he was lacking. And because he couldn't really understand her, he didn't really know what she was saying. And, like, she even compared, um, you know, like, her mate to Mary Ketta's and, like, wishing that she had someone that was kind of, like, Bowen and all that stuff but I mean like I think at that point it was just because like he had betrayed her in the sense where like he drank her blood despite her saying he couldn't Mm -hmm. um but I don't know I just feel like it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because Malcolm is such a sweetheart and like he doesn't know anything else and Mm -hmm. she just looks at as him as lacking but of course like her opinion changes later on in the book but I just didn't like how that carried on for so long how did you feel about Carol as I liked her I felt like she was she, I feel like she was, I don't want to say fun, but I don't know. She was, I liked her character, but I don't know. I mean, that's all I can say. No, I, I agree. Despite what I just said, I think her character was really interesting um, because of her past and also what she does. So obviously we find out that she is very much neglected by her rich parents and like she does whatever she can to get noticed by them and that includes you know streaking down the street in New Orleans that includes getting arrested like doing all these things because like she's known as like the fun witch um but like I love that there was a deep deeper meaning for all of that but I also feel like we didn't see that in this book because we saw it in the other books yeah, but I, like I was kind of hoping we would see a little bit more of that side of her. Like I don't know. To me, it was like she just switched out of nowhere and became like Mother Caro. You know what I mean? Like responsible Caro. And I just felt like there was a disconnect there for me between who she was and before and who she is now. Which I understand that who she was before was in part because of just trying to prove to her parents that like see I'm such a bad child because that's what you wanted me to be or whatever you know what I mean I don't know though I was just there was a disconnect there for me with her character I don't really know how to feel about her so can we agree that she wasn't like our top favorite yeah yeah no I think that's for now yeah she's not one of my top characters but I also think like for me I think why that switch happened that quickly is because one, we've seen her, you know, do her thing already in the previous books. We've known that she was pretty, like, she was a wild child. Two, um, the switch happened in my eyes, in my perspective, so quickly is because, like, I think she wanted that. She yearned for that belonging as well, like Malcolm did, which is why I think they kind of, like, connected in that sense. Um, she wanted a family, like, we've seen it in the past in her memories that, she wanted acceptance and she found a family with Ruby and she's like, all right, I'll latch on to this because I've always wanted that family and I'll be the mother that I never had. And like, I don't know, I just felt like she was just someone that was yearning for like an acceptance in the world. And she finally found it in Ruby and then later on in Malcolm. That's how I saw it. And I kind of like the fact that regardless of the past that she had with her parents, I mean, she was able to accept Ruby, you know, because if you have a past where you're neglected and I don't know I feel like that carries on and kind of affects your future relationships you know I do think that this story had characters that didn't match I wouldn't say the cliche like the stereotype 
You know, like, you would expect Harrow to be unwanting of children because of her own past. You'd expect Malcolm to be a darker character that, you know, cannot, like, deal or, like, is very much angry and, like, ferocious most of the time because of, like, who he was, his upbringing, and, like, just the world that he lived in. But, like, they very much kind of opposed the stereotypes or, like, what we thought they would be, at least in my perspective. And, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I liked the story as it was. But delving deeper, I think, yeah, we could see that there, it's not as, I don't know what the word is, but not as developed, I guess we could say, or... In depth. As the other ones. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And what about Malcolm? How did y'all feel about him? He baby! <laughs> <laughs> I actually really love Malcolm. Yeah? Me too. Yeah, I love the whole caveman. Uh... You know who he reminds me of? Who? The blue aliens. Yeah. He kind of yeah. gave me that vibe of like this big guy that's a little beastly, very alone and seeking a female. And then like he can't actually communicate with his female. And like all he wants is just to mate her. But she's like, bitch, no. <laughs> like, I just I don't know why. Because like I, that comparison came to me when Seth was uh, talking about the blurb, like the the overall plot of the book. Like I was like, yeah. oh my god, this kind of sounds like the the blue aliens, like minus the whole betrayal plot, obviously. Yeah. But like, yeah, he 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 would. I feel like he would be friends with, with the blue aliens. <laughs> yeah. He probably would. I just I love him. He's so adorable. Like he's like, it's so unexpected because like obviously of his past but also what he looks like this man is like a hulking giant seven with, foot tall with uh, big ass muscles four yeah, fangs horns piercings in places piercing in interesting pier- places piercing- <laughs> can we talk so, yeah, about I was that four I for sure I expected you as to when you got to that part to come into the chat and say four and you didn't and I was really I know we, I was disappointed because I was gonna message because Marge is Marge messaged me like on the uh, side and said watch I bet you she will come in and say four and then you didn't she never no, did she let I, me down like that I enjoyed I enjoyed that and I just kept it to myself and I was kind of disappointed that the piercings weren't mentioned in the sex you know, their actual sex yeah. yeah i expected it to you know feel some type of way <laughs> like yeah, what's the me point for was the four point of things yeah. i think would feel something you would feel yeah something. okay so of the course. thing is listeners <laughs> our um man malcolm has uh four uh piercings in uh you know a neat little line down his uh shaft yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I was very intrigued. <laughs> I was like, so oh was my I. God. I kind of lost my shit a little bit. And then I went into her chat and I was like, four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Seth said, uh, unfortunately, that never came into play, really. Yeah. I know. His so. nipple piercings did, though. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those were mentioned a couple times. Yeah. Um. Mm. Anyway, so Malcolm has a very dark past i felt bad for him so like essentially he was both a blood slave but like a sex slave as well to a male master and um there was the scene um i i think it's when uh caro is like taking a bath or something and like she touches his shaft <laughs> she touches his dick <laughs> And he goes soft. He goes flaccid right away just because she touches him. And I thought, okay. And I think this is where my expectations sort of started changing for for Malcolm. Like, I was like, oh, is he going to, like, actually struggle with this? Yeah. Because I was like, he gets flaccid right away, which I love because it's it's it makes sense, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. probably only ever been touched, uh, whether it was, like, in pain or by someone he didn't want to yeah. be touching him. Um. But then that, again, never really came back, I would say. I think in that, like, that sense, I think it was the position of where she was. And, like, 
how it was happening like he couldn't see her and she was touching him from behind Mm -hmm. and I think that was the only way his master and like his friends had touched him so I think that's Mm -hmm. why he went flaccid it wasn't because like he couldn't get hard because Mm -hmm. I mean no he did get hard he he had no issues with that (laughs) yeah the the men in Cressy Cole series like they're always you know dry humping hard everything yeah yeah that isn't the issue. I That's think why was... they're so stupid. Their entire blood is pumping somewhere else. I <laughs> <laughs> <That> giggle. <laughs> I mean, am but I yeah. wrong? <laughs> No, no, you're not. Yeah. But for me, that's what I thought it was. Just like the positioning of her and, you know, how she went about touching him. Yeah. No, um, okay. That makes sense. I can I can see that. I just, I got excited for that because I was like, okay, so we'll have like a male character that actually struggles with this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's you know? why you need to read my man Zadis in the Black Dagger oh. Brotherhood. <laughs> oh, Zadis. Okay. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. I, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, in uh, J.R. Ward's series, which yeah. I have not started. So, um, yeah. What did you uh, girls think about The Order? Because it was your first real experience with them. Um, Declan um, Chase. Can we just talk about Declan Chase? Oh, sure. Is, um, hello, sir. <laughs> hello. I know. I know. He's, Declan. He's the one with the, with the gloves, right? The one that gave yes. the order, He's- right? He's slightly evil, and let me just tell you, I got really excited for him. <laughs> slightly evil, Marge. Try hella evil. Girl, he is. He is over there, just like torturing all the lore people, like all mm-hmm. the ones that like we know and love, like Reagan. Oh, yeah. can I tell you, I'm excited for that book. <laughs> that was the book I was dying to read in the series, and I, I had mean, to I read see all ten now. books up until that book, and I love Girl. that book. So wait, 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 question, question, question. You don't have to add this, but he, this Declan, uh, the... Declan is, is Aiden reincarnated. Yeah. Okay. And Aiden is Reagan's mate. Mate. Okay. Okay. So like he's torturing his own mate, which he knows, right? Like he's doing this on purpose or does he not know? You have to read it. I'm not going to spoil it. I love that book. It's so good. I think it'll feed you that dark, delicious goodness that you want. Um, also... What's his name? Hold on. Hold on. When Thronos? Is that how you pronounce that? Thronos. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. When he's he's getting, like, dragged by, back to his cell and, like, his, his wings have been clipped or whatever. He's been tortured by Declan. And, like, he sees uh, Lenthi and he's like, soon. I was, yeah. like, losing my shit. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm yes. telling you, the next few books are so I good. Know, I like, think, I mean, honestly, I think this is also why I wasn't as excited about this book because it made me too excited about other couples. Other books. Because, yeah, yeah, they introduced all the other couples, basically. Yeah. So I was just too excited for all the other couples. I was like, why am I reading about Caro and Malcolm? Like, you're cute, but like, Declan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because I think they needed a way to, like, shift into the new arc yeah. of the story mm. and this was the way to do it mm-hmm. i wasn't um, as excited for lanthes and her uh angel you're not as excited yeah. no i wasn't i wasn't in the like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. but now with this book like i'm really like i even mm-hmm. went into goodreads to see when her the next book is you know when her book yeah. is and i no, feel like but... it's like further down yeah it's like further away huh yeah book. it's book like 13 or something like that it's all yeah it's a while because like Iliam so McReeve also was mentioned in this you saw him too he was was he yeah he was um one of the werewolves that were captured and that was the cousin oh. Gareth was telling Mariketta mm-hmm. to find yeah 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 okay so he was also mentioned and like Lothair was also present and like all this shit was happening because of him because he stole that goddamn stupid ass ring <laughs> but yeah. like guys can you not think like what? what 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 like isn't he like i just i don't know i just love him i just love him <laughs> i mean i'm not sure i know what you're talking about okay i was just referring to the whole idea that like he took the ring but like he knew he was like you know just biding his time because he knew la dorada was i mean he is stupid shit. and reckless but like but like he knew like he'd get out sooner or later because of la dorada i mean i know he's not doing anything you know that's not on purpose but also i'm just curious because i'm like who the fuck kind of like what kind of woman is going to end up with this man 
Like, I just want to know. Because, like, right now, he kind of just, he just seems like the kind of man who has no time for that. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. just <laughs> causing mayhem around the world. I know. <laughs> That's and I plan. love to see it. Have we met his potential mate Yeah. Yet? Have we? Uh, no. Okay. It's not going to be La Dorada, right? I don't know. You know what? I thought about that, too. I was like, what if she's, like... Somehow she comes back to life as like some kind of beautiful woman yeah. and he like falls for her or whatnot. I don't know. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. That would yeah, I actually as I was reading that, I was kind of thinking, I was like, whoa, what if? Yeah. yeah. I already spoiled it, so it's not like She was Dorada, scary. No. Can we talk about that? She was scary. Like the noises she made in the audiobook. She, the audiobook, ugh. yeah. Really? Oh my god. It was scary. She was like, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you did it perfectly <sighs> call me i'll do the audiobook <laughs> yeah oh, no she was scary i i that was wild that whole that whole part of the book where they're stuck inside the thingy and like she's coming and everyone's like scared shitless and like we gotta go now and like things are falling apart and like it was it was intense it was intense yeah and like it's not really a spoiler but like you get that from different perspectives like it like well i it's just, figured it's yeah done mm. so well like reagan where the fuck is reagan she disappeared i was like i'm sure we're gonna revisit this moment <laughs> yeah so and lengthy lengthy also i'm i'm sure she'll when probably... thronos dragged her out and she's oh. like just it's okay just go save ruby yeah i'm excited <laughs> The first time I, just, I read that. I just hope. Blink twice if this happens, but I just hope that Cressley Cole delivers on the darkness with some of these characters. Like I, I don't want all of them to be soft. Um, what am I blinking once for yes? Blink twice if no. So blink once if yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she blinked once. Um because like, cause like that's a thing with her that I've noticed. It's like while she has darker characters, they kind of tend to go soft quickly with some of the Ooh. earlier ones. Okay, um, I'm not spoiling anything, but um, McReeves' book, like, it's borderline abusive. <laughs> From, like, McReeve is, or his girl? Uh, yeah, in terms Ooh, of, like, his story, which, like, the first time I had issues reading it, but then the... Second time around, I loved it a lot because I understood a lot of yeah. a lot of it more the second time around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lothair's darkness, though, is pretty much prevalent. I'm not even going to lie. I like his book. I'm not I'm not. No, I'm selling. I'm selling too much of this. Book, because you know? it's like, just she got me excited with Rystrom and, and Sabine because I saw what she can do when she lets her characters be a little bit more ambiguous and dark. And I'm like, mm -hmm. please give me more of that. You know, like we've had enough soft, funny characters, I feel like in the series. Yeah, I'm ready to embark on like a different kind of, you know, journey. I, I will say the next books are are dark. But some of them, I'm trying to think. I'm a hoe for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I don't want to spoil things, but the next book with uh, Reagan and yes, yeah, yeah, Chase, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I love it. It's it's so good. Like I can't even. Like I don't even want to spoil it. I think we should just jump into that book. Like that's just it's interesting next book though. So he's human, as Declan Chase. He's human, right? Or did I get that wrong? Yeah. As yeah, Aiden, no, as Aiden, what was he then? He was a berserker, right? Or no, he was working to become a berserker. I'm and what is it. a berserker, exactly? It's like a, a warrior, like a mortal warrior. Immortal. Yeah. But, but he now was he's human, mortal. but I think he was trying to earn his berserker status, if I recall mm. correctly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I just love that dynamic because obviously, yes, Chase was like the one that captured her and like, you know, tortured her. Yeah. And tortured literally everyone there, even my man Lothair. So it's just like, how does he come back from that? Can he come back from that? Didn't he cut her open? Vivisect. That is, yes, that happened to her. What the fuck is a vivix vivisection? Can someone explain that to me? I'm not yeah, a well, medical you, person. Do you want me to explain it or do you want to just read it in her book? All right, I'll just read it. 
uh, to be honest, I got the book from the library. I was like, this is this Did is you next. start it already? No, because I'm reading Mercy Thompson, but that's my next read. Okay. So maybe I'll probably start it tonight. Yeah. I kind of want to read it again now, too. You know what? Uh, Lothair's book is actually quite long, isn't it? Yeah. It's like yeah. 17 hours. I was like, whoa, this is a departure from the previous books that, you know, have been a little bit shorter. So, oh, so they're getting longer. Yeah, they are. But Reagan and Chase, their book is also pretty long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, like five hundred so. pages or so. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's exciting to me because, like, as much as I love uh, Cressley Cole, it's like when her stories are short, I do feel like you're missing out on some character development sometimes. So mm-hmm. to see that they're getting longer and for you to say that the characters are getting darker. I mean, my my version of darkness might be a bit different than yours. I don't know. I'm just, from what I'm saying and from what I recall from those books, I do think they will deliver on the darkness. Okay. I mean, like any, anything scale, that's more than what we've gotten so far, I'll be pleased, to, to be honest. Like, I, I just want something that's, like, even, someone could say that Wrightstrom and Sabine were not really dark, but it, you know what I mean? Like, it was a little bit more um, interesting in some of the scenes. I think the dynamics for each couple going forward are, I don't want to, it's complex. They're complex okay. dynamics between the characters, mm. which I think kind of resembles Rydstrom and Sabine in the sense where like they were also complex in their dynamic and it wasn't as black and white as other things and like they did pretty messed up things to each other that's kind of what I want <laughs> like I, I well want I mean uh, going off of what you already know <laughs> Reagan and Chase already did messed up things well he did messed up things to her so. I mean S would probably say that Bowen's bitch ass <laughs> That was a horrible enough. I think that was the most <laughs> horrible thing these characters have done of fucking Bowen. What did you guys think of Mary Ketta's presence in this book? Because she was pretty prevalent in this book. She was. I'll I'll let S go because she's one of her her favorites. So yeah. Well, I was excited that we got yeah. to see a lot of the old characters. Like that was a and favorite Bowen? scene. Yeah. I, I I hate Bowen, but I fucking love him. He's just so unapologetically himself in this book, I I feel like. He's just the overprotective werewolf husband. And I was like, hello, Bowen. Nice to see you again. (laughs) You'll never change. No, he won't. But that was was an exciting scene, though, having everybody together. Like, I wanted a scene where they all kind of, like, bonded, but we got it, but we got it where everybody was fighting. Even Sabine and Rystrom were there. Yeah. And, like, Nikolai at some point. I don't know if Miss was there, but Nikolai showed up. She was. She was? She was when um, Malcolm was fighting. Like, he saw Nikolai, and he just started fighting him randomly. Yeah. Um, Miss was there with Carol, and then Bowen and Mariketta was there, and then, uh, you know, everyone else, and they... Yeah, yeah. Mist was there. That was exciting to me. I was I was happy to see everyone together. I was like, yeah, this th- this is fun because like, I don't know. I I always like those types of scenes where you get like past characters that come back and you get like yeah. a little glimpse into um, how they are. It was good that we got to see like a mixture of all of them, not just like uh, the witches. Yeah, we got to see and also Conrad. And yeah. I love him. Although now he's not going to be okay for a bit. Why? No, because, like, whenever he does, like, something like that, remember Mariketta was saying, like, he's not going to be right in the head for a while? Oh. Because, like, he got burnt, remember? And, like, I don't know, he needed Naomi, and then, like, he leaves, like, in a flurry because, you know, he's just, like, going crazy at the moment, and then Mariketta's like, yeah, you won't get a hold of but him. But he not did right do it, to be honest, and made me like him more. I was like, all right, Conrad, you're pulling through for everyone here. I love you Conrad. Love Leave it. my man alone, okay? I like the crazy ones. I just love that we have different favorites. Like, it's not... It's not I know. Yeah. That's why I love this series, because I feel like uh, there's someone for everyone. I mean, can we not talk about the fight between Sabine yeah. and... <laughs> Carol and Carol, I was like living. That was hilarious. And then I love when um Sabine's like, we'll have a rematch once we're out. Yeah. And then Carol's like, you'll destroy me. I was like, yeah, Sabine supremacy. This is this is how it should be. Yeah, <laughs> respect her. I don't recall Marge or S. Was she? She was pregnant at the end of her book, right? 
Or no. was that just Holly? That's Holly. I don't think... Oh, see, Kate and Holly weren't there. I just, I'm just now realizing that they weren't there. Well, Are they, they the only ones? Anyone, no, right? no, because um, Lock Lane wasn't there. And Emma. Yeah. Uh, Lucia, Gareth, pretty much all the werewolves except Bowen. Gareth was there. Gareth was there. Yeah, remember he told um, Bowen, "Tell your wife to find um, your cousin first, McReeve." Oh, oh. that was yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> but they weren't yeah. all there. Um, which is why Cressley Cole should write a um, fun little novella where it's like they're all sent together. Like they all go on vacation together on some island yes. and just Are it's you... absolute mayhem. They <laughs> like everyone fights everyone. <laughs> I also thought it was so adorable when like um, the everyone was going to Malcolm and saying like, if you help me find this and this person, I'll give you money. And he's like, no, 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 I'll do it without money. I don't want money. And then like Carol pulls him aside and she's like, if you want to get into the family business, you yeah. need to start accepting money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, but no. <laughs> the witches are so greedy. <laughs> they I are. Love it. But it's not just the witches. It's literally the Valkyrie as well. They get paid to do things. Sure. But, like, um, the witches especially. I mean, we all remember Mary Ketta asking for, like, $70,000 for, right? like, one thing. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of confused at. I was like, like Mary Ketta, girl, did they not already pay you in millions of dollars for, you know, for them to bring back um, yeah. Naomi? And then yeah. he doesn't need to do this favor for you. <laughs> <laughs> They're greedy. <laughs> Of course, she's like more money, (laughs) and like they're already all freaking rich. It's not like they need it. No one's no one's like suffering in this world. (laughs) No, although I think Malcolm is the only one that hasn't accumulated any sort of money. Yeah, he will. He did have riches in water, but like, I mean, he married uh, his sugar mama, I guess. True. So (laughs) he's settled now. (laughs) <laughs> so I have a question regarding that. Um, yeah. Did yeah. they actually get married? Was there actually like a ceremony? Because he just starts mm. calling her wife. I think when he like acknowledged and claimed her in front of like his species of people, that was their version of a marriage, mm. like on his okay. side. And then I think that's how they claimed that their husband and wife. Okay. Yeah, I kind of saw it that way too. Yeah. Um, what do you? Uh, here's the thing, though. Because I was like, okay, so Malcolm goes, like, he's living in her world now, but, like, obviously, it's really different for him. And, like, he Mm -hmm. has, like, I was just like, what is he going to (laughs) do? Like, what what does a Malcolm do in our world? Yeah. And, like, I think she said he could become, like, a sort of, like, a hitman. Yeah. But, like, I just, I was kind of sad for him because I was like, he has... Like, he doesn't know anything. So, like, what is he going to do with his time? <laughs> yeah. Do we get to see? Do we get to see him in, like, the future books? Appearance I think you got to... I think you see him briefly in Reagan and Chase's book. I'm not too sure. I don't really recall, like, his presence, really. But I don't know. Like you said, I don't know what he'll do. Um, Because even when they're at the cottage, the span was still digging up holes to, like, make traps and things like that. But when he's in New Orleans, you're right. What can he do? Right? Like, his only option is a life of death, of, like, killing people. Like, that's a little sad. But, like, I mean, that's all he ever knew when he was in, you know, his own world. But he always see like he always people. saw himself as a as as a killer. Like he he never wanted to drink blood. In part, I think because he just didn't want to be like his masters, and like he didn't want to be that person. I don't know. Like I mean, you said you said so yourself. Like he's such a soft guy who turns out he really doesn't want to be violent. Yeah. So like. I don't know. There was something about that that I was like, mm. he should just become a stay-at-home dad. That's what he should be. <laughs> he would be a good stay-at-home dad. He was so adorable when he like saw Ruby and he was like, "Wow, okay, now I understand." Yeah. And like him and Ruby were so cute. Oh my god! When she's like, um, "Usually I eat chicken nuggets," and he's like, "What yeah. is that?" <laughs> um, okay, I have the I have the line here. So, um. Okay, she was so she was hungry, right? And then um, he's like, "What do you usually eat then?" 
she's like, I like dinosaur chicken nuggets, pizza sticks, tangelos, and organic juice boxes. Puzzled, he asked, are those things here? <laughs> so cute. On the island. And then I also love when, like, um, she just, like, slipped her. Okay, I have, I have the line here, too. Ruby slipped her tiny hand into his. He gazed yeah. down in consternation, about to draw away. Why would this child do such a thing? I do not understand this. And then she peered up at him. Aren't we going? Though he felt a hint of uncomfortable tightness in his chest, he said, We are going, Dila. And he kept his hand in her her hand in her, his grasp. Aww. And I'm like, this boy doesn't know what hand holding is. And like it's just and the fact that Ruby just trusted him so quickly and like just I mean, knew that did he was she? A I liked soul. how she, at first she didn't like him. But then yeah. after all, like she was like, Should I be nicer? <laughs> <laughs> so cute i for me it's like always like the big like muscular maybe yeah. quiet man paired with like a cute little child i just yeah love it. that that does me in more than the soft guy like the big the big scary man going soft for his love interest like if he, yeah. if he goes soft for a kid i am done <laughs> like, same. i'm done <laughs> same so, what do you think the monster of the story is, girls? So, I think for Caro, that was a real, um, it's like she had emotional walls because of um, the treatment her parents, of her parents, like how yeah. she, like there's a line, um, it says, Caro has an emotion-based power. She feeds off happiness specifically, but she can't seem to generate it to generate it herself. She's always thinking about how to find more. Like someone on a diet will always be thinking about food. And I just I thought that was really interesting because it's like she was never, you know, until the end of the book, she was never able to um, generate her own happiness to feed her powers. She always yeah. had to take it from other people. And mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because I was like, okay, so there's definitely something here with like how um, her parents, what am I trying to say? Like they kind of uh, were not emotionally available to her. And similarly, it's like she's not emotionally available to herself. No, I like I, I see that as her monster. I'm trying to remember at the end, do they ever like specify that she could start generating her own power? She, like she does. Like at the end, it says um, at the end, what like once she so she, she calls her parents at the end. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> she doesn't. I was like, Wait. she she de she decides to stop calling. She's like, I'm yeah. done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm letting go of this idea of them that I have in my head that they're just never going to live up to because they're yeah. always going to disappoint me and make me feel like shit and once she lets go of that she suddenly can generate her own happiness and 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 feed her powers that way um so that's like literally she's that? now able to move on from yeah. it and like use it so it was clearly what was holding her back what was you know um causing her to not be like fully as or as powerful as she's as she could be because she always yeah. had to depend on the joy of other people did they explain or what exactly were her parents were they witches as well i think they were but like nobility like they didn't put any emphasis on them being magical because they didn't even want her to go to school like spell school so i i don't think they really cared about um their own powers what do you think Seth? um for me like i don't really think I didn't think as deeply um, about Carol's character as you did. Like, I didn't really see her as having a I monster. Mean, I didn't I think, think about it very deeply either, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I think what you said was really important. I think it was a really good point in terms of her character and her yeah. character growth and what stunted her own character growth, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then once she let that go, she was able to be fully herself. And I think that was really yeah. her own journey of the story. Whereas for Malcolm, I think it's like, you know, the stereotypical, like, his monster is his past. I mean, like, you know, his constant betrayals, being tortured and brutalized his whole life. He was sold by his mother as, like, a child and then thrown out when he got too old by his master. And even after when he returned to his mother, she tried to kill him. So, like, that constant betrayal is there. Like, that fear is at the back of his mind. Like, that fear is grown because of his past. Yeah. And when Carol betrayed him, he literally shut down. And he really couldn't trust her. And, like, that whole 
that whole struggle of like forgiveness versus like forgetting like you know it's hard to forget something you can forgive something you can't forget it and I think he was struggling with that idea of Mm -hmm. like forgetting what happened and also moving forward and trusting her and like that was his kind of his own form of monster because like that distance between him and Carol kept growing and growing to the point where like you know you didn't know how it was gonna get better even Carol was like I don't know how this is gonna work out um but yeah he had to see proof of her love and desire for a life with him and that was the only way for him to kind of drop his fear of her ever betraying him again um But yeah, I think his was like the fear of betrayal constantly being there. Yeah, and I I also think on a more like surface level, there was also the physicality of relationships in the sense that like he says at one point in the beginning, like touching means using. Yeah. Um, So I do think that that was part of it too, of like learning that uh, there are others, like there's there's other reasons why someone would touch someone like it's not always meant to be evil or it's not always with the purpose of using someone yeah um and I think he went back to that after the betrayal of like ending back with the order and then you know they're at the cottage like he actually doubted every single good action she did every kind word and he used her he used her he used his own fear and and his own perception of that of physicality with someone else and he used her he's like she says multiple times like he would just I mean, for lack of a better word, fuck her against a tree and like and drink her blood and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, like he he himself took the emotions out of it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, clearly because he was trying to hurt her and to him that hurts because that is how it was for him in the past. And so it's interesting. And, and, and I liked actually how um, Carol didn't really like she wasn't really bothered by it i think she understood why he was doing it yeah so i did like that how she she didn't let it uh hurt her the way he was trying to and i also like that she didn't give up on him either like she didn't say Mm -hmm. you know this is too hard i'm not even gonna try fighting for something that you don't even want anymore like she just stuck with it and knew that he was worth it and he needed to know he was worth it as well and Yeah. yeah i think he needed to see someone not giving up on him for once and and I, I did like that she asked, like, straight up, will you ever trust me again? Yeah. Like, because yeah. I feel like oftentimes it's like it's questions that as a reader you have and then the, the characters never actually ask that. Yeah. Um, but she did. And so you got your, your answer. I mean, he, yeah. he says no. And I think, I don't know, do you feel like that was a temporary no? Or do you think that's a... Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I honestly think what he needed at the end of the day was for her to actually claim him and for her to actually declare that she wanted a life with him because mm-hmm. he honestly just thought she used him. At the end of the day, he thought that he was a means to an end. He was just the reason or the way for her to get Ruby back and for her to get free. He never thought that he held value in her life. Mm-hmm. So I think the trust thing was like was going hand in hand with like being recognized as something more. Her. Do you think the memories helped him seeing like her memories and stuff? Actually, think that for once, I don't think it did. No, I think it gave him. I think at the beginning of the story, I think it gave him more of an understanding of her character. Um, but I don't think it held any like. Well, for the wrong reasons, like he thought she was a loose woman. <laughs> like, no, he also um learned about her as a child, her loneliness with her. Okay, parents. yeah, sure. Sure. Um, oh, I love this scene. Did she? Did, did I invent that? I don't think so. D- does she actually say at one point, "You're doing to me what my parents yes. did"? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I didn't like for a second. No, there, you didn't make like, that up. I? And I love when he recognized that shit. Yeah, I am, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Did you have any monsters, S? No, I think you girls, you girls covered it. I like how Cressley Cole does trust, like in the sense yes. that it's not an easy thing. No, it's not. Most of her most of her couples, like she she does, um, come back to that theme a lot, and and I think I mean it makes sense, right? Like it's it's one of, if not the most important thing in a relationship. So I like that she's toying with it, and like, um, you know, puts the trust in in trouble a lot of the time yeah. between these. people. And I think she does a really good job of bringing in realistic situations and problems such as trust like you said 
um, into a paranormal world. Like, it still feels like a real relationship that I'm reading about, despite them being a vampire, despite them being a demon or whatever. Mm. Like, I just, I love how she deals with situations and, like, deals with conflict that are so realistic. Yeah, but she also doesn't always... uh confirm or deny whether or not trust is still an issue like for you for example like i remember when we did the um rystrom and sabine episode like Mm -hmm. you were like oh no i'm sure that they went back home and like the artifact on the wall was like taken down like right away because there was no more trust issues and like you you kind of feel the same here which i think is like a a a normal thing for a romance reader to you know think because you're like well they got over their issues they're moving on and they're happy now you know what i mean but I also like that she doesn't necessarily fully answer that. You know what I mean? Like, it, she always has a moment in her books, or most of them anyway, where she she questions the trust between these people. That And and she never really says, oh, they're over it now. It's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's... It, but it's also not like, oh, it's still, like, very shaky. It's kind of like it's left up to your own perception of the story, I guess. But I like that. I also that. think... That brings a sort of realism as well, again, in terms of, like, real relationships and, like, the real world, I guess. Um, I don't know. Relationships aren't as clear-cut. They're not, like, as soon as you get married, you know, your trust issues go away, your conflict goes away. That's not how it works. Relationships are constantly evolving, constantly changing. Problems always arise. And, like, the end of this book, as you said, we don't know if their trust issues have been, you know, eradicated. We don't know if they're gone. Just love Cresty Cole, man. Uh, number one stan over here. <laughs> All right. I think we're coming to the most dreaded part of the episode. Yeah. Uh, ranking our males oh, and God. females. Wait, before we continue, what are your what are your thoughts on Nyx? The little bit that we saw. Right. Oh, my gosh. I, I forgot like to mention crazy. that. Nyx has gone off more... the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Nyx is done for. She's just. <laughs> She wasn't really here, which is surprising. I mean, a little bit, but like she wasn't that present in this book. Was which she I think, uh, Well, I mean, I think it makes sense. Like, I think she's slowly uh, descending into madness. <laughs> yeah. What did so... you think about um, Carol's mention of, oh, I think I saw Nyx in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that part and I was like, oh, wonder what she's doing. She's Nyx, you know. I just can't imagine anyone with Nyx. Uh, have we met his, her guy yet? No. no? no the, the guy that I mean, the guy that people about? think is her yeah. guy? No. Yeah. No. I just, she's kind of, she, I mean, she's, she, she's not borderline insane. She is insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's, she's lost it. Yeah. Well, what did you yeah. think though, S? Like, why did you think? No, I just I noticed. I'm like, I started noticing like little by little, she's starting to go more, more not crazy, but more manic. And like, I saw it here, so I was just like, what the hell's happening? Like, she's she yeah. wasn't making much sense to begin with, like from yeah. book one. But I feel like she's making less and less sense. And like in her head, she's like, like I feel like she's more and more lost. Like people yeah. are talking to her, and like she's not following at all what they're saying, which I think is interesting. I think it could be to the, like due to the fact that the accession is probably right oh, around yeah. the corner. Yeah. And it's like everything is happening at once. And like for her, you know, being a soothsayer, it's a lot to handle for one person. But I mean, you would imagine that someone who sees the future would kind of go insane. Yeah. Like, how do you how can you plus like because there's a, this huge event that's under going you would think that she's probably questioning sometimes what is reality and what is the future yeah and yeah. i think that she's at a part where that sort of uh like the line between the two has been blurred a little bit and i think that that's why she's like not following following along when she's yeah. talking to people and like oh i thought we had this conversation five hours ago why are you still here and like it's like st- stuff like that yeah Anyways, no. um, I let's agree. rank people. All right, who's first? So bottom up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we're starting bottom up. That's the that's bottom the up. <laughs> Females. <clears throat> At number ten, we have Naomi. Number nine, Emma. Number eight, Danny. Number seven, Caro. Number six, Lucia. Number five, Holly. 
Number four, Miss. Three, Katerin. Two, Sabine. And one, Mariketta still holds number one spot. Okay, okay. Um, for me, at number eight, there's Naomi. At seven is Caro. <laughs> at six is Emma. Um, five, um, we have a tie between Daniela and, uh, Lucia. Then four is Mary Ketta. Three, another tie between Katerin and Holly. Two is Miss and one is Sabine. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I want to be Sabine. Can I be <laughs> Sabine? Like, I want to be her when I grow up, mom. <laughs> Also, I want to marry Rydstrom. So, like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> that's the real to reason you want to be her. <laughs> I want his baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, S, let's hear it. Okay. So, number 10, Naomi. Nine, Mist. Eight, Katerine. Seven, Sabine. Six, Hold on, the fuck up. What? Whoa, don't let me no, Mist? No, Mist? No, let, me, nine? let me finish. Let me Did finish. I hear that right? Let me finish. Okay. Six, Emma. Five, Carol. Four, Daniela. Three, Lucia. Two, Holly. And one, Mariketta. I mean, no judgment. Your list is your list. You do you. <laughs> Missed at number nine. Whatever did she do to you? What did I have her last time? Missed. Wait, where was Sabine on your list? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't even want to know where Sabine was I think on it was that after list. Missed, right? She was seven. Oh! <gasps> They're all mixing. They're all mixing together. My top three are Mariketta, Holly, and Lucia. Blasphemy of you to Those say that girls. Sabine mixes with other people. <laughs> that she's not the unique, badass queen that she, she is. She is. She is. At I think seven. I call this episode. Uh, Marge is Sabine's stand. Yeah. yeah, number one. Hello. Oh my god, I am very offended. My two favorite are very low on S's list, and um, this is cause for uh, a fight. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Alright, Seth, your men. Alright, my men. At number 10, a shock. Block lane. Um, not really a shock. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> nine, Murdoch. Eight, Sebastian. Seven, Nikolai. Six, Garrett. Five. So this is where we get some change up. Six. Five is Cade. Um, four. Can you stop with that? <laughs> no, I received judgment. You're gonna get judgment right back. Okay. Um, okay, four Malcolm, three Rydstrom, two Bowen, and one still Conrad. Okay, go. Come on, hit me with your judgment. Dear listeners, this podcast is ending today. <laughs> Why are you so shocked? Nikolai was always number Nikolai seven. Nikolai is seven on your He's list. He's always been seven. No, he was not. Nikolai, guys, what are you doing to me? I'm well, offended. I'm sorry. This I is am, how I feel. I am straight up offended by this episode. I just like Malcolm is baby. So he Honestly, I'm not above. I am not above editing this in a way that makes it look like Nikolai and Rostrom are like top of your lists. So now you're now we're gonna question the integrity of our episodes. Mm, that's nice to know, Mark. You should, because I'm not above doing this. Uh, okay. Like everyone's everyone's first pick is like Rydstrom, and it's like, ooh, what a surprise! Rydstrom is in my top three. I feel like that is pretty good. Um. All right. Mine is eight, Black Lane. No, sorry, nine, Life Black Lane. Eight Murdoch, uh, seven Sebastian. Then in sixth place we have a tie between Conrad and Malcolm. Then fifth is Bowen. Fourth Gareth. Third Cade. Second Nikolai, and first Rydstrom. <laughs> Surprise! I'm just like, see, this is why. Like now I'm I have the least that controversial list and of even us Malcolm. Three. I have the Can least controversial list of us three. Can you Can let our, me speak? Because I, I feel do not like speak over you when you're because of these your men. point. <laughs> I just, Conrad I'm, I'm is Conrad not low offended. on my list. Why are you mad about Conrad? Because I love Conrad. He's he's sixth on my list. That's exactly. Not bad. Why is he sixth? Well, oh, girl, you're going to hate my list. Oh. Ah, you know what? <laughs> this is when Sephiroth logs off. 
Bye, guys. It's been a great episode. Do, 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 Has do, it? Do. <laughs> All right, as. All right. I'm going to mute this, you, though. Go it's ahead. It's going to wreck me. I can just tell. So 10 Murdoch, 9 Sebastian, 8 Conrad. Oh, fuck you. 7 Malcolm, 6 Rydstrom, 5 Nikolai, 4 Lackland, <laughs> 3 Kadon. How the fuck is Lachlan still so high up? One, stop it! Leave my werewolf man alone. (laughs) What about Lachlan? I need you to like write a full no essay essay on why you like five. Tell me why Lachlan deserves four spot. Yeah, I co-sign that. (laughs) That's your that's your homework. (laughs) So who's your who's your your, the last three? It was three Kadon, two Bowen, and once uh gareth one is gareth really yeah all right i won't be mad about that my top gareth and bowen i'll consider myself the winner between seth and i just because my two favorite men are above hers so (laughs) (laughs) i wish i wish people could see our faces during this section Seth is, Seth not is happy literally so mad. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this has been known as a separate podcast. Um, I can't wait till we get to uh, Lothair's book. Oh, my. And we present a list. 10th and 10th place, Lothair. Forget I would about literally, it. I would pass away. I would simply just pass away at that point. God. I'm sorry, but if Lock, I'm not Lock. I would, no. I would sleep with my doors locked and my lights on if I ever I said that because she house, will Marge. come for me. I will, and um, <laughs> as you're gonna have to wait until the borders open up again. But I will come and find you. <laughs> he needs to be I'm number excited. one. Okay. I think that's gonna be like the end of our friendship, or oh yeah. So the podcast's gonna is gonna be witness to that. Yeah, it kind of will be. Like okay, as I'm. I, I'm kind of worried about you because your top three, like your top species, I guess, they're all light gay. So I'm kind of nervous. For reals, are they? Gareth? No, Caden's a demon. Gareth's a werewolf? He's a light gay? Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> He's your first and you don't even I like, know? I like forgot. I question your... Your list. I don't think it's yeah. valid. I don't think yeah. it's valid. No, so, no, you know, stop. scratch your no. list. Tell me, tell me three things you like about Gareth. Go. I'm waiting. Don't do that. She's like, Don't do I'm that. Dating. I just want to oh, make sure because I question your list. <laughs> He's staying at number one, period. Let it go. All right, Seth, tell me three things you like about your man. Your Which first one, one? Conrad? Yeah. Oh, he's he's a sweetheart. Um, He's so adorable. He gets a little crazy sometimes, but he calms down with his woman. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love Seth and her love for Conrad. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Um, but trust me, the list changes once we get to the next few books. I mean, it's very telling, though. Your first guy is a vampire. Seth, uh, Seth S's first guy is a like A, and my first guy is a demon. Oh, right. I just love that it's all different. Yeah. I mean, do we? We we love it and we hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Anything else? Oh. Any quotes? Any last thoughts? I love how we're evading the question of, like, what is your Valkyrie name? I love how we're constantly just pushing that to later. <laughs> because we were we going to ask, like, other people to help us with that? Because I don't know. I can't compliment myself. It's not something I can do. Um, actually, I have mine. And mine is Marjorie of the Superior Taste is my name. Girl. <laughs> how about Stop. Marjorie the Shit Taste? <laughs> No, definitely superior. No, I, have to I think say. It's the, you're the shit taster. <laughs> the truth teller is my name. I am. I am the truth. I am the authority. <laughs> that is what I am. <laughs> no, no. All right. So before uh, this episode um, becomes the third world war, we're gonna end it here. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's a bit of a shorter one this week. Um, shorter? We're at like an over an hour. Oh, I mean, it's it's short according to our standards. All right. <laughs> True. <laughs> 
Uh, and you can find us on social media at uh, Romancing the Monsters Podcast on Instagram, as well as the RTM Pod on Twitter. Or you can also email us if you want to at romancingthemonsterspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at foes and lovers. And you can find me, S, on both Twitter and Instagram at but this book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at prose with wolves. All right. And I hope you will join us next week. Uh, you can check this, our social media to find out what we're reading because we don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya.